Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. G'day guys, welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week's episode is brought to you by our good, good, beautiful, beautiful friends from Bloke in a Bar. We love Bloke in a Bar. I had a few Bloke in a Bars on the weekend and I'm feeling fantastic. What a beautiful time it is to be alive, back out and seeing our friends and family. Hope you're loving it so much, but um, yeah, in all seriousness, Bloke in a Bar... Love you guys. Um, thanks so much for the love and support. The show would be nowhere without you, and it's been allowing us to do our thing all year and um, and keep going. So going to be drinking plenty of those coming into the festive season. Make sure you try them out, fam. There are so many new stockers all over Australia. In Victoria, Duncan's West Brunswick Cellars, Mona Cellars Newborough, Mona Cellars Corumbara, Eve Central IGA and Liquor, French's IGA Glen Waverley, in WA, Malaga Tavern, Gate Bar and Bistro, Ashby Celebrations, Liquor Baron Swanburn, and in Tassie, Celebrations Kingston and Celebrations Eastlands. Check it out and make sure your next slab of choice is a bloke in a bar. Let's go. Welcome back to Dylan Friends. This week, super excited, super pumped to get this kid on the show. I've wanted to have a chat with him for so long. Zach Butters from the Port Adelaide Footy Club. So impressed with this guy. Um, not just in his footballing ability, but but who he is off the field too. He has an incredible story. Growing up in Bacchus Marsh, uh, country boy, and um, he's an absolute legend. Love him. Um, and he's super honest and, and really really got really vulnerable with a lot of his story. He's faced some, some massive adversity in his life with his family um, and, and addiction across that he really opened up about, which was which was unbelievable. And I yeah, can't thank him enough for his open honesty on that. Spoke about his mindset in footy and, and how he's really got to where he has and the perspective he has in the game and the people who have influenced him on the way, um, the relationship with the players that he's had in the draft, like Rosie and, and Dersma and the impact that they've had so early in their career. But... You know, Port Adelaide has really put a lot of their faith in him and and those players to, to take him to the next level, which which is evident. Um, you also spoke about how cool he's playing for for Port and their on ground experience. I know for me, like fuck, that'd be just amazing. Walking out to in excess, rocking Adelaide Oval and all the Port Adelaide supporters, yelling, can the pair. We also spoke about his off-season, what he's been up to, playing golf, bit of fishing, so much in there. Love this chat with Zach Butters. He's an absolute star and, um, yeah, can't wait to get over the, to Port Stadies house. Yeah, we're going to hang out because we're really good friends now. So, yeah, cheers, Illy. My name is Deborah, Dylan's mum. Welcome to the Dylan Friends Podcast. Many ways, I've been waiting my whole life for this moment. Tears. 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 Strength. I'm like, I run. She's like, yeah. everyone runs. I'm like, but does everyone go to the Olympics? <laughs> They're sitting there meditating, going, oh my God, I think I'm meditating. How this is a meditating site? They had a Wu-Tang call. I was like, yo, Dylan, thanks for getting us in. Just love it. It's knuckle puck time. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. Zach Butters, welcome to the show, my friend. It's an honour, it's a pleasure, it's a privilege to have you in the studio. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Um, I must apologise. We've been chatting for the last like 10 minutes. <laughs> And I'd said you were from Gippsland for about five, about five times and you politely were just like going with it for, I reckon, the first three until you pulled me up and I, I for some reason I thought Dali was in Gippsland. Yeah, I was a bit, <laughs> I was a bit confused at the start and then I thought, um, we better get on top of this before the show starts. So I was thinking, he's going to ask me about Gippsland I'm going to have nothing to say. So I'm like, gave me a little tour of yeah. Bacchus Marshes yeah. from here. We're just looking through the main street. It's beautiful and shout out to Bacchus Marsh. It's a beautiful place. I need to get there. Um, and... Um, 
beautiful people of Dali. I apologise for that that muck up. We'll get into it. No, thanks for coming on. I've been wanting to do this pod for a long time. Um, so good to have in the studio. You're back in Melbourne at the moment, obviously living down at Dali at this stage. How's it all going? Yeah, it's always nice time of you to get back back home and see your family and friends, and um, it's just refreshing um, getting back to where you grew up and just knowing the place and. Um, yeah, like, probably my, like other than playing footy and playing in big games, probably my second, third favourite thing to do um, with my spare time is just get back home and just relax for a bit. You've been playing some golf? <laughs> I'm a keen golfer at the moment. I must say, your swing, I, I got a bad swing. Yours is horrific. It's like, I thought it was in slow motion when you were coming down that ball. I, I thought you were like having a stroke or something like that. Yeah, so basically picked up golf a year ago. I did. I did listen to your little recent forty-seven on the back nine. Yeah, yeah. Um, you hit forty-seven. <laughs> my best is forty-four today. No, it isn't. But I, I wasn't using pinnacles, so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> nah, forty-seven. I'm I'm happy to take that. If yeah, I walk off with forty-seven every day. Oh mate, I yeah. That day I was playing. I, it's funny because I put that down, and I think if I people think forty-seven is what I would have hit average like. That's not what I'm averaging. Like the, the game after that, I hit like a 60. So, um, look, it's good fun to get out. I'm actually going to head out this afternoon and play it um, at Burnley, Royal Burnley. There's a Burnley golf course here. When I say Royal, it's not. It's like the worst golf course in, in Melbourne. It's beautiful. But your one in Darley looked pretty good. Oh, it's 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 pretty nice, like for Darley and Max yeah. Marsh, but um, probably compared to Royal Burnley, it yeah. might not be up there. Mate, that um, par three you were playing on, though, I swear, if you hit that 10 metres more, you're literally killing someone. Oh, that's in my backyard. Oh, is that in your backyard? Yeah, that's my backyard, yeah. Oh, so you got a little par three in your backyard. <laughs> yeah, so I just like, when I got home, I was like, just been trying to grind my golf game. So I said to Dad, like, I'm going to jump on the right on, just like mow a little green. That's unbelievable. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, like you said, I don't, you don't want to miss long. And yeah, sorry to all my neighbours. <laughs> people live in back smash, but just watch out and how it's way. Mate, we'll get the video up. It's on your Instagram, that brothers. Um, that's, I actually thought that was a hole. Yeah, no, nah, that's just the backyard. It's about 50 metres. So yeah. um, I have bladed a few that drive have it. trickled near the road. Yeah. So they've stopped the heart a few times, but <laughs> mum and dad sort of shaking their head kind of business. So they weren't too pleased with it. What are you using for that? Is that the pitching work? You'd probably be driving that. <laughs> that <shortly>. was, <laughs> yeah, it's a hybrid. <laughs> nah, that was just my, my little 58. Love it. Oh, good. We'll have to get out of a game. Um, when I get over to Adelaide or to Bacchus Marshall Daly, we'll, we'll definitely have a game. Um, but being busy, I suppose, taking a break, big season, we'll get into that shortly. You've been doing some streaming, you've been in Perth, you've been a busy boy. Yeah, it was nice. I've never really been to Perth. Um, and then Mitch Shorty Yard sort of banging on about it all year, like they do, the Perth boys. They just love it. Love it back there. So I thought, better give it a chance and I'll head back there with him for four or five days. And um, yeah, it was pretty sick to get over there and actually see more of Perth and lucky to go over to Rotto Island and mm. do a bit of fishing and swimming and stuff. So yeah, thanks to Mitch for that and Perth for having me. Off season, you had a couple injuries this year. What are you, what are you focusing on? What's getting better this off season? We spoke to CJ a few weeks ago, um, you know, another young player in the game. But this time of year for someone like yourself and anyone in the AFL really, but you really like have to use it to get better and focus on things that you're good at for one, but other things as well. Yeah, like you said, it's a really important time of year for especially us young football players yeah. and, um, who are trying to make that next step and sort of become dominant players in the league. So, um, yeah, for me, it's like 
um, just putting on some more weight and um, getting bigger in the gym. That's probably my main thing. And um, yeah, so at the moment I'm just working, working hard in the gym and then just keep improving my running. So, but mainly just, yeah, trying to eye some more midfield time off um, in our team, which is going to be pretty hard to do. But um, yeah, just want to get bigger and stronger so I can sort of mix it with the big boys in there. Well, mate, you do that already. I, I honestly don't think that you, you even need to put on too much more size. Like, you are so much bigger than I thought in terms of like your height. And also you're like a thick, you're a thick skinny. <laughs> Like I was a brittle skinny. Like when you like my arms hurt. Like thinking about it, but you you quite like you str- you strong. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm probably not like like you said. I'm like sort of thick. Yeah, but not thick. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's weird. Yeah. Thick, yeah, I'm not like real skinny, but probably like when I went to the club, I was like 69 kilos. Mm. That's dripping wet as well. Um, what are you playing at now? I'm at like 74, 75 yeah. now. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm getting there slowly. It's been been a couple of years and. Um, yeah, a couple of injuries, like two shoulder recos, haven't quite helped the upper body and the mm. the chest and stuff. But um, yeah, luckily I'm I'm fit and healthy, and sort of injuries are, um, have been this year, so I can just attack off season and get better. Has it like your footy though? The way you go about it, no one questions your bravery, no one questions your toughness. You're already matching it with the best players in the AFL in that aspect. So is there like, is there really a need to try and get too much bigger? Like. W- do you just want to get stronger? It's not necessarily like getting bigger, is it? Because then, like I'm saying this from my point of view, my whole career, and not that I reached what you did at all, but like I was always like, fuck, I need to get bigger, I need to get stronger. I was like, at the end of the day, like I'm already going, you know, I'm, I'm at this yeah. size. I don't know what it's like <laughs> to be fucking 85 kilos anyway. Yeah. You're already doing it. Like for you, it's is it just more focusing on what you're really good at? Yeah, that, like it's pretty much spot on as well. Like most people always say to me like, like I don't, you'd be put on three or four kilos. I don't think it's going to make you do anything that you don't already do. Yeah. So um, for me, it's just about getting strong and just more, probably more confident in my body a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I'm looking just to get to the sort of like 78. I think that's where I want to be in the next year or two. So um, I think that will help me take an, another step in my game as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, like you said, I think it's not the bill and all for any young kids out there who think like you have to be big and strong and whatever it is like, yeah, I was tiny my whole life and still comparison to the AFL, I'm, I'm pretty tiny now, right mm. now. So um, I think it's more just if, if you want it, you can do it sort of thing. Yeah, 100%. Did you, like jumping forward, do you think about that a lot when you were picked up? Because like from an outside perspective now, like it didn't really look like you ever even took that into consideration, your size. Like a lot of young players that come in, they go, fuck, I need to, I need to put on bigger, I need to get stronger until I can compete. But for you, you, you know, you're a high pick, small um, you know, you were ringing wet 69 kilos, but it didn't really ever feel like it actually impacted you mentally. Like, did you, was it, was it conscious or was it just, that's how you did it? Yeah, probably didn't, probably like growing up as well. Like I always played like sort of above my year level and mm. just want, wanted to play with the best people I could um, back in my junior club and always trained with the seniors since I was 13 or 14. So I just sort of got used to playing with bigger people and being, being that small kid who just has a crack sort of thing. And my dad was always really big on it as well, just basically installed in me that like, it doesn't matter how big you are, what, what you're going to do if you like, if you want to play AFL, go play AFL sort of thing. So, um, and that sort of just translated through my whole career. Like I remember Hamish Harlow, my debut game, he was like, talking and said, when you walked in the club, I thought, mate, mate, like I can't see this kid mixing it with everyone else. And then after a month or two, he said, I was just surprised and just, didn't know what like never really seen it before and us but then for me it's like it's never really been a shock because i've always sort of just mm. that's how i've always been in every team i've gone into like it's it's never been i've been one of those like sort of like standout like players who look big and all that i've just sort of just had a crack really it's impressive man it really is and like that's why 
oh, I love watching you play. You and you know this. I, I probably know you too much on social media, and I apologise. But you're one of my favourite players to watch because I think like looking at footy now. And what I understand a lot more from a fan's point of view now that I'm outside the game is like fans actually don't care about players like how good they are. All they care about is if people just have try hard. And I know that's like, it sounds like extremely simple. It's extremely corny, but like people just love people that give it a crack. And like, that's exactly what you do. No matter where, how you're playing, like how the team's going, you just fucking rip in. And that's what people love. Yeah. I think, like with Port Adelaide as well, our fans really love just oh, like love effort it. and like just hundred percent yeah, <laughs> guns blazing and yeah. that's the kind of supporters they are. Like and where we're from in Adelaide, like it's pretty. That's how everyone attacks life really in Adelaide, like from Port Adelaide side of view. So yeah, um, that's sort of like it's something you get really thrown into when you get into the club, and it's made strong that like that you're not going to get a game unless you're willing to do all the hard stuff and. Um, put 100% effort in and sort of, yeah, I think you'd be a bit embarrassed if you went out and um, you'd probably cop from the fans. So it's something that you really want to get on top of. And yeah, um, yeah it's really, and that's why you love playing in front of them, really. Bloody oath, calm the pair. Do you know that I didn't know for so long why it was called the pair? Like I, I was like, I, I I thought someone said to us on this call that it was on a pear farm. And I know that's a stupid joke, but I actually believed it for a while. But it's pear. If anyone doesn't know, it's calm the pear. Yeah. The pear, because that's how people say the power. Yeah. I'm with you. Like, I remember <laughs> after a couple months at the club, I was singing like, I still didn't really get it. Like, yeah. I was like, I'd had these, I'd had these thoughts and like, thinking like, oh, it could be that, like, it could be this. And then I remember asking Rose and a couple of the boys like, oh, what's going on? What's the pair? Like, yeah. I'm just like, like, one day I had to build some courage up and just break yeah. the silence. I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's like our fans just like, calm the pair. And yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like, like, oh, right. that's so <laughs> gotcha. fucking funny. Oh, I literally <laughs> love it. And it makes like that, like when, you know, you're seeing the big game Adelaide over when you see the fans just going nuts. You can actually just look at them going, ah, oh, there. Yeah, they absolutely love it. it. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, it's probably like one of the most used words in Adelaide now. So, yeah. Geez, Pam Port, like, it's a massive credit to the Port and what they've been able to do. You know, we spoke to Kane um, Corns a while ago about, you know, a little bit probably before your time, and I'm sure there'd still be people there that speak about it. Like when I first started really getting into footy, like Port were covering up seats, you know, like they yeah. couldn't get people to their crowds. They had no one there. The sort of Porter base didn't really look like it was that, you know, prevalent. Yeah. And you fast forward now, one of the best, I reckon easily the best in-game experience you've got. You've got in excess playing, Adelaide Oval, the jumpers elite. Like it's just, it just seems like an unbelievable place to play. Yeah, it's it's like like you put, summed it up yeah. really well then. Like just, yeah, playing at Adelaide Oval up. Like, like you get that excited just knowing you've got a home game coming up and yeah like you said you get the never tear us apart and we run out to um, not not giving in um, so it's like just it's unbelievable and um, all the fans shot now like we're getting 40,000 40, consistently like mm. doesn't matter if it's a Saturday Sunday whenever it is and um, yeah it just makes it really exciting to play footy in front of and um, I know they're really passionate as well um, so they, they always show up win, lose or draw um, but yeah us boys just love playing in front of a good crowd at a good oval yeah how good's that song though yeah like oh. is it sick like I can't remember, <laughs> like a big game like the finals and whatnot obviously didn't go the way but walking out and having that song pumping I don't care what anyone says like a bit of soundtrack to your life is just like you feel like you're in a movie <laughs> yeah. you feel like you're in a movie sometimes yeah I probably didn't notice as much in my, my first year maybe in my second year um like how how actually like sick it is like mm. and then once you play at all the other venues and sort of get to see like what they do and how it pans out like mm. you think like this is right up there like this is like probably like one of the best in the AFL and like 
yeah, you get to be like, like just trying to think about the game at the start of it and then like the fans are going nuts and like, you know, catch yourself singing the song a bit and, like, <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, it's, it's, it's unbelievable to play. In. So good. Hey, going back, we're talking just before about, um, you know, how you play the game, your toughness and, and whatnot, but a lot of that would have come back from Bacchus Marsh days, growing up, um, playing footy, growing up in Bacchus Marsh and playing with Dali. Now you played... Um, before you got drafted, you played in a flag with one of my favourite people of all time, he's Scotland, who who I think is easily one of the best footy brains in the world. Um, how was that experience? Yeah, Scott, it was unreal. I remember like sort of when the club got him back, obviously he'd played his juniors there and sort of went through a similar pathway to me at the Western Jets and then was lucky enough to get drafted. Um, and then, yeah, when he came back, it was a real big buzz around the town. And um, I didn't really, I hadn't met him before and knew too much about him. Um, but yeah, the town was just really excited to get such a good quality person back to the like local footy club, which is like a real big thing in our mm. town. Like it's basically like our town, like it's what our town fr- like thrives off. So, um, and then yeah, I remember just suck. I'd suck. I was obviously at the Western Jets and doing a bit of Vic Metro stuff at the time, but I'd always get down the train when I could. And um, yeah, but basically, like when you meet him, you sort of feel like you've known him for mm. ten years already. He's just like one of them blokes. And then, um, then he's yeah, he's basically become like a mentor for me. And then. Yeah, I remember like I'd come back from TIC and like didn't really expect too much. Like didn't really expect to just like walk in the team and play senior footy. I was only like 16, 17. And, um, but yeah, every week he'd just say, you're in, mate. Like just just go play footy, go do your thing. And um, just listen to him like talk about footy and like just talking to him about the game and stuff. Just, yeah, he's got unbelievable knowledge of the game. And um, But then he's got the other side of being like real hard and mm. sort of like letting you know what you need to do when you need to do it as well. So um, yeah, he's, he's probably one of the best coaches I've had to date. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I think, you know, I've told the story a few times with, with Scotto, but like he was probably like one of the only people I've ever come across that could just give you such strong feedback. It was like strong and it hit you between the eyes, but you knew that he was doing it because he wanted to make you better. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What are you like, are you still got a bit of a relationship with him now? Do you still meant like speak to him about your game? Like what's some things that he sort of said to you that you like, oh yeah, fuck, I, I still think about that today? Yeah, I remember like, this, like distinctive over my first year, I'd sort of been was in that team for a couple of months, like just sort of I'd been dropped a couple of times and mm. I was just like lacking some confidence. I'd never really been dropped too much and didn't know like I was pretty I was pretty frustrated and angry, like I thought I should have been in the team. But then and I remember just one day like he'd always text me throughout the year just ask how I was going and um would keep would kept in close contact and we normally catch up when I get back home as well and um, I just like said, Could I give you a buzz? Like, I just wanna have a chat and stuff and um yeah, he just probably spoke to him for fifteen minutes fifteen, twenty minutes on the phone and um, he just told me some things that he'd he'd done in his career, like when he lacked some confidence and um, when people sort of doubted you. And um, so yeah, he told me to like just um, like go watch your highlights from like the last year or so, like you playing footy or like things that you like you're proud of in your footy, and then mm. like sort of that just brings you back and sort of like puts some good energy back in you you as well. And then yeah, basically from there, like, I've just kept doing that. And like if you know if I have a bad week on the track or a bad game, I sort of just like um, look back on things that. Oh, like I've like some of my best footy stages and um, things that I, like vision where I've been in my best form, like what I was doing and stuff. So that's probably like one thing um, I've got best off him. And then just like little things. Like I remember we had the week off before the granny, um, but we had training Saturday morning and I was only, I think I was 16 at the time. And um, I said to mum night before, like, I've got to be down training at nine o'clock. Like, and I've woken up at like probably just after eight and had some brekkie and um, just waiting for mum. And it got really close to nine o'clock and like, I'm only like five minutes down the road and, Mum was still sleeping better, rushed wake her up, like, Mum, we need to go to training. And then I remember I walked in a minute or two before nine o'clock and 
um, luckily one of the old like other senior boys walked in as well and he sort of said don't don't ever do that again like um, like we got a granny in a week and you rocked up the train two minutes before we meant to be here like so like even so, like them little things just like yeah. make me like like you get to train early you, you do what you need to do to be ready for training so mm. Um, yeah, even little things like that just stick with me. Yeah, and I can see why he took a liking to you. It's, it's very similar. Like he's, he's just he was a tough like yeah. tough. <laughs> I, you, know, well, you won't say the word on this show, but I think you know what I'm yeah. saying. Like he just he would like I think he had like a broken ankle and he would still just run on it like every day. Yeah. Like he was just crazy. So yeah. I think honestly, I'm not the Scotto show here, but if anyone is looking for someone to get involved in their footy club, um, at an AFL level, I'm saying he's. Unbelievable! I think that he should definitely, definitely be considered. Back as March Daly as a kid, what was it like growing up there? Yeah, growing up, it's like yeah, I, I love the place, and that's why I like I get back every opportunity I can. Like just basically live on the same street as three, three or four of my best mates. Um, we all live back basically on the same street, so I just grew up riding my bikes. Like run the bikes and the footy. Basically, spent most weekends down the footy club. Like I'd run water for the 18s and then the seniors growing up and yeah just love the footy club like and mum would drop me off at 10 in the morning and pick me up at 8 o'clock at night and just like that's basically like how I lived every weekend and then I'd go play juniors on on Sunday and um yeah just like so many like good memories at the footy club and we have a couple of little rivers in the town as well so summertime is always fun just like riding your bikes down the river and um, with all your mates and trying to find new swimming spots and going fishing and um, so yeah, it's pretty laid back kind of town but everyone sort of knows each other so it's it's pretty like I feel like when I go back like everyone just knows me like I'm just like mm. I'm sort of like same Zach that they've known since I was 12 years old like Zach the, from the block yeah basically <laughs> like, like the same little kid that was um, running around causing chaos like when I was 12 just around the local footy club and um, yeah like all my best friends are still from like play for my local footy club and um, yeah it's just nice going home it's just so refreshing to see like, so, like everyone nearly when you go in the street like mm. you just you always see people you know and it's good to talk to them and um, everyone's really close knit and especially our footy club like um, everyone just knows each other and like such a caring and safe environment so do you have a good bakery in Dallas? like I feel like all country do you get a good bakery there is there? a nice there yeah. is a nice bakehouse um, yeah my dad actually has a tab down there so when I okay. when I get home nice. I have to like, sort of watch myself what do you go for with like are you a pie guy I love pies I love a pie but like they make these like really good chicken sandwiches like chicken sydney rolls oh, yeah. so um that's probably like my go-to but yeah, it's a bit dangerous to the tab especially yeah. like, it was real handy when i was younger yeah. like <laughs> chuck it on dad's tab yeah, like. yeah. um so now when i go home every now and then i just chuck it on dad's yeah. tab <laughs> <laughs> my sister yeah, actually got banned from doing it like dad's yeah. like you can't you can't just like go eat eat there every day like like we're taking you off some tabs yeah <laughs> I, I was like enough to keep my spot that's good shout out to your dad that's <laughs> awesome hey um we spoke earlier but uh, you know growing up in dale you faced a fair bit of adversity uh as a young bloke there with, with a bit of family um issues and and um and whatnot Are you happy to talk us through yeah, yeah. what happened yeah it was sort of like me and my sister going up were we were really close like little athletics every saturday morning and um like i'd go watch play netball during the week and she probably didn't want to, but she'd come watch me play footy and um, would, yeah, really like pretty sporty little kids and yep. would always be um, out in the backyard um, re- wrestling or whatever it is. Like, she used to belt me up a fair bit, to be fair. Um, but yeah, basically, yeah, sort of as we got a bit older, she sort of like, yeah, sort of sort of started hanging out with some wrong people and stuff. And um, I always tried, to, like, as a little brother, I was like, sort of tried to be the enforcer. Like, I was like real mm. footy enough, like, really just like wanted to be healthy and like train hard and like do everything right so I was sort of like we sort of complete opposites in a way and yeah then I sort of got a bit older and we sort of like 
um, sort of disconnected a bit and um, yeah then sort of like we as a family we sort of knew like something was a bit off and uh, it's like things weren't quite right and she had a tough couple of years previous to that with um, some brain surgery and um, going through that and then recovering and then so she'd been through a fair bit like then sort of lost sport like with her mm. brain surgery couldn't play sport and um, sort of lost I probably lost that connection with people like like her like through community and sporting clubs and like you do and then yeah sort of just she wasn't home as much as she used to be and sort of things were like mum and dad were getting a bit worried and stuff but you thought of think yeah it doesn't happen to us like it is what it is like hear stories about it and and then yeah just like couple like i think the day before christmas i mean two days before christmas um like she just went missing and no one, no one heard anything like like i was messaging on facebook mum and dad like trying to call her like trying to call her friends and then yeah so basically like that was a, like probably the, the worst christmas i've had <laughs> it wasn't really mm. um it wasn't really christmas that year um and then yeah as it got on sort of still months had gone past and i hadn't seen her like you sort of like i said with Dax marsh being a small town you'd hear all these whispers and you'd sort of just ignore them and think like nah that's that's not her like that's not that's not like you'd sort of nearly a bit of shame in a way like mm. And then, yeah, I remember just mum and dad, like, sitting me down one night and sort of telling me, like, what what has happened. And, like, I was, like, pretty – I was, yeah, 14 or 15 at the time, so I was pretty shell-shocked. Like, just didn't really know too much about it as well and, like, how bad of an addiction it was. Like, um, so, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the toughest things I'd been told as a little brother and stuff. And, um, yeah, ever since then, I probably wasn't quite the same for a couple of years. I just, yeah – sort of shame to go to the footy club like everyone everyone knew that yeah you sort of your sister had become addicted to ice and sort of hadn't seen her in a year and um like everyone would always ask you like how's your sister going like have you heard anything and like in the end it just got so draining i was just like i don't really want to go down the footy club like, i don't like, i love footy like i just wanted mm. to go there for that two hours not the the hour or two before like, after or before it because it just become and even school like, i just like some days i'd just be like, i'm not going to school i just don't want to go to school like it's just like everyone at school would always ask you about it and like it's just like become like no one would really ask how I was or anything like mm. it was just like everything was just about yeah w- what's going on like and it just become like really really like become a lot for me and um lucky I had mum and dad like they were they were huge and but even for them like I felt like I just wanted to take a back seat and like they were they were already going through enough um in their relationship and with their daughter and stuff so um yeah basically for a couple of years I just sort of like I just wanted to like I just took the back seat and just said like, like go sort that out and um, like I, I don't want to be like a distraction so like well, if you need me I'll be here sort of thing and um, yeah it, it probably bonded me like me and my parents like way stronger than we were so um, yeah but yeah things are pretty good like probably the last basically till I got into the AFL system like I remember even playing Vic Metro like some games like stuff was going on back home and just, like footy wasn't the most important thing in my life at the mm-hmm. time like just like worried about like my parents and how they were going and like if my sister was like healthy and like even alive at stages I was like we hadn't heard of her like um and then got to an AFL club and like you like like AFL clubs are these days like got such good like networks and good people around footy clubs and I think it's come a long way um from probably like back when you were playing like just how good people are at footy clubs these days and coaches and how much more easy it is to talk about things so um, yeah, I moved away, and um, she was still going through a bit when I moved away. So um, yeah, it was a bit, bit of a struggle early days, and like you just, I, I felt like I wanted to be there for my parents, like, and wanted to be back home and um, be helping out where I could and stuff. So, um, but yeah, talking to, just talking to some some people, and um, 
yeah, getting more knowledge about it and then, um, yeah, just opening up to people really. Like even mm. we had you in the club and um, like this is where we're tracking with this conversation. So I was like, I'd been wanting to get it off my chest. And I'd spoken to Kenny, like I'd sort of spoken to Kenny um, about it for a while and he sort of knew previous to the draft. And then Hugh sort of was doing this thing, the, the Triple H, like hero, heartbreak or help sort of thing. And um, yeah, I'd been thinking about it for ages, like, but just needed an opportunity like to, to t- talk to people. So um, yeah, well up in Queensland at the time and like, like, yeah, he basically come to the club before we went out there and said like, I need 12 people for the first night, like send me a text sort of thing. And I'm like, like this is a perfect opportunity. Like I nearly wanted to be tomorrow. Like, I wanted to get out there and speak if it was tomorrow because mm. I just wanted to get off my chest and, and so yeah basically I sent him a text basically as I got home from the club said like mate like yeah like chuck me on the first 12 I just want to get it sort of I want to get it over and done with like if you're lucky if I wait any longer I'll go insane um so yeah but yeah basically growing up like just it's sort of when I look back now like it made me like who I am like it's just like like footy and footy like the two hours at footy and like the same like just helped me so much like just like I'd go to the footy club and like like I said, other than the, the talk before and after, like where around the club and stuff, like them two hours at footy training my mates and stuff, and like I was just they're so unbelievable. And then even at Western Jets and stuff, like it was sort of refreshing going to Western Jets and Vic Metro, like sort of a fresh face, and no one really knew like what would ha- what had happened. So like you could just feel like you just go there with no no stress and like mm. you just play footy and do what you want to do. So um, yeah, footy like it's it, like like it is for a lot of people. It's just such a great escape from like just what's actually happening in your life. <laughs> Mate, it's unbelievable. I don't think I can even add to that. Like you've just, yeah, that's like the way at a young age, I can't imagine facing adversity, going through a family that's going, you know, through something like that. But then to just to already identify now that it's made you who you are. I think that's like the coolest thing sometimes with adversity. Like you wouldn't like, you would take that back and you wouldn't want that experience to happen. But now it's almost made you who you are. It's given you perspective. Um, you're closer with your family than, you, than you'd ever be. And your sister's, you know, on the mend and going really well. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Like, yeah, like you said, like, you never want to happen to anyone. Like I yeah. said, like, you don't really think it's ever going to happen to you. Like, and even in Max March today, like, just in, like, Dali and stuff, like, it's, it's a pretty, pretty, like, sickening and big issue in our town, like, like it is in a lot of small country towns sort of things. So, um, like, people you, you grow up with, like, you, you see them go down, like, follow the same path and, like, um, you see other people that you've known your whole life who are like older and stuff doing doing the same thing as well. So um, yeah, it's 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 pretty upsetting and sad like seeing people like you've seen the good side of them and then seeing them, like around town and stuff like. But yeah, like I said, like it just holds you in perspective and like just knowing that like like it's, I'm pretty proud of my sister today. To be fair, like like back then I was pretty ashamed and like just like when people would ask me, I'm like, oh, don't ask me. I don't know, like yeah. what, whatever, like. I don't really care about it anyway like acting like it didn't really mean that much to me but then I'd go home at night and just like make my blood boil but now like just knowing how hard it is to like overcome addictions and like especially ice like it's it's probably the, one of the worst addictions in, in the world um, and like she's on the mend and like she's got a new boyfriend she's pretty happy with life and she, she's working and stuff and um, yeah she seems like she's in a pretty good place like and it's good to see her um, back to some pretty normalised life so um yeah, when you look back now, I'm just like, yeah, pretty pretty proud as a brother and um, like that, yeah, she's doing well. It's awesome, mate. It's super, super incredible and massive, um, yeah, massively would be hugely proud of your sister and what she's been through and especially your mum and dad and yourself. It's it's honestly incredible. Um, I think from someone that 
yeah, probably hasn't, um, you know, I haven't had to uh, deal with, with adversity like that before to hear that story and, and what you've been able to get out with it. It's just, it doesn't surprise me how you, how you are like you are. What would you say to someone that's been through this, like other families like this that are in your situation now, like something that could help them or someone that's maybe going through this, they've got a friend or family member that could, they might be going down this path. Like, is there anything, advice that you'd give? Yeah. Probably just like, like, probably just like talk to your mates about it and stuff. Like that's probably one thing that I probably didn't want to talk about to too many people. Like, but my three or four best mates probably took me like a year to actually just have a chat with them and mm. like just let them know like that like because like I like just turned down some like like offers to catch up and like just because I wasn't like I just like I had some more serious stuff going on and probably wasn't myself and I like just after I felt like I told them they're like yeah we knew like some wasn't wasn't right but. And then like they just like so much support come like then like like they just put their arms out like and like that's what best mates do like yeah so probably just like yeah one thing just like took like don't be afraid to tell people like the that are close to you like like because like they probably like already know like like because they know you so well like they already know something's not right so it's probably just easy to have a chat to them and um, probably just yeah talk to your family members and like yeah you gotta like no one else is like it's a pretty hard thing to get help for like it's pretty. Like one, it's pretty expensive. Like if you don't really have much money, like it's hard to get into like rehab centers mm. and um, find help. So, and there isn't a lot of government support out there for it either. So, um, you really just got to like stick to what you know, like around you, like your family members and um, your mates, um, and then yeah, try and find help and talk to people that can help you and point you in the right direction. And um, we we're lucky enough to have a really lovely lady in Baxmarsh who helped us out and um, yeah, basically become like best friends of my sister and just got her into rehab and um helped our family out like she wasn't even my sister's mentor in the end like, like i still catch up with her for brekkie brekkie when i'm home and just mm. talk to her about stuff and um yeah she talks to my parents but still like she's just like she's been awesome support so um yeah find someone in the area who knows what they're doing and um yeah just reach out really it's awesome man and one part i think is really important i love what you said then about like opening up to your mates is like how much better now that you finally had that chat with like your teammates, as you're saying, you're so keen to just chat with Hugh Van Kallenberg, obviously with the, the triple hate session, you've talked to your mates and, you know, I went through some, some things recently where, you know, sometimes you've got to be ready to have that discussion as well. Like sometimes yeah. you're not ready to talk to people, but and when you are and you finally open up to people, one, your relationship with those people is just like, it's so much better. Yeah. And you just like, you feel like, fuck me. Like I'm so much closer to these people and people know who I am. It's like a weight off your shoulders. You don't have to put on a brave face anymore. Yeah. You can just be open. But also like, you just feel like free and it's like, fuck, well, everyone knows this now. Like there's nothing more that I have to, you don't have to put my guard up. Yeah. It's, it's, it is how it is. My best mates know it. They accept it and you move on. Yeah. I feel like your relationships with like the people, your best mates and the people you talked about just skyrocket really and yeah. go to another level and you feel like, you know, that welcomes them to do the same thing back to you and, your other friends as well like it's it's a real like i think it's a good thing that should be yeah well normalized and become a popular thing to do amongst friendship groups um yeah so I, I'm, I'm all for it and um yeah my, i'm lucky enough to have some really cool mates that um, have been awesome so awesome man i love it and just sorry to keep up on this but the the thing you said before as well like that i love is like the perspective you get from this like now like you're playing footy at the highest level but really it's at the end of the day it is it is professional footy you're playing for grand final you're playing for points but there's so much other important things to life like having that balance outside of it you're not always just thinking fuck this is you know be all yeah. and all like with adversity sometimes you look back and you just go fuck like 
it's actually set me up to be like the best human I can be. Yeah, spot on. I think like with footy players as well, like just who are real competitive and um, real high achievers as well. Like you put so much pressure on yourself that like you've already got so many other people and um, things in the world putting pressure on you. Like you, but you automatically think it's like you put so much more on yourself because you, yeah. you want to be the best. You want to be you want to be really good at what you do and stuff but then that stuff sort of thinks like, like there's a lot lot of people out there doing much worse than I am mm. there's a lot of people out there like that are really struggling like and doing it harder than I am right now so like at the end of the day like if I just give my best um, like, it's, at the end of the day that's all I can really do and um, whether it's good for some people it's good whether it's bad for some people like, and they don't, they don't accept it well that's their choice love it mate you credit yourself credit to your family credit to honour to be on this show and, and tell us too I really appreciate you opening up um Let's talk about some footy at Port. Super draft, 2018. <laughs> you were picked 12, but you've slid. So you were sort of telling me you should have been number one pick, basically, <laughs> is what you were saying off air before. Is it true that, like, that you nearly went to Melbourne? Is that true? Um, there was an article saying that like they were trading. I think that was one of the first years where they could pick swap and they were trying to get you ahead yeah. of Port. I, I actually had no idea about that until it come out and oh, stuff. Man. And like, yeah, I didn't really know, know too much about it, but... Uh, <laughs> breaking news yeah. Um, yeah I remember like going to the draft like I, I didn't expect to even go 12 to be fair like mm. um, like probably didn't did start. you think you'd slide that much <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't think I'd get bolted yeah, that much yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah probably until I was 16 I don't think I really got in the radar of like clubs like I was like a bit of a late developer height wise like still am yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> So yeah, like till 16s, I was like, it was my first ever big team I'd made and um, yeah, I was, played some good footy there and then from there I sort of started getting some more like confidence and like just belief in myself, like not many like people from Dali like like get to make it to the league and stuff. So I was like thinking like, yeah, like, hopefully it's me. Mm. Um, and then yeah, sort of just from there I just really blossomed and um, started to play some really good footy and um, yeah, I remember going into, the, into my draft year, like I, I wasn't in like the like up there like in the top 20 or something and then just yeah played some good Vic Metro footy and um yeah really had a good team at Western Jets and a good coach and like a pretty good system down there so they allowed me to play my my kind of footy and um let me just have fun and um yeah and then it, towards the end of the year like I wasn't playing then I had a shoulder up after the championships and um yeah sort of just, um was lucky enough to get some good footy in, in the first half of the year and um, yeah, sort of, sort of started getting projected a bit high, and I was singing like, I was singing, like I was still a bit shocked, like it's, like it's a bit too good to be true, like. Um, and then yeah, I was lucky enough to go pick twelve to Port Adelaide, and um, I didn't really know I was, I was sort of in that area, like I could go between ten to twenty, so I didn't really know where I was gonna go or what. And there wasn't like there was a bunch of states, so I was basically gonna end up just about anywhere in the in, the, in um, Australia. So um, yeah, being at the draft, mum and dad was, was yeah. It was, Real special night and yeah, lucky enough to attend and um yeah when, I remember when they called my name I was just like like froze a bit and just didn't really know like what to expect and um but yeah just like ten years of like just putting in and sort of like a dream and then it all comes true in the space of like ten seconds and it's just nuts so mm. um but yeah so, so grateful that Port Adelaide gave me the opportunity and um yeah really lucky to be, got drafted to a great club and um yeah basically. Um, they've accepted us three boys and just like told us to, to be us and just just play footy and um, make sure you stick within like what our team um, demands of you on game day and then other than that like just just go out there and do your thing and um, that's Kenny's really big on that you probably hear him speak in the media a lot like mm. he just wants wants us to play footy and play what we see and um, just go, go after it really so um, he's a great coach to play for and 
Um, we've got a really good list with um, a lot of exciting players. So, um, yeah, it's a good club to be involved in. Yeah. I love Big Kenny in the box. <laughs> he gets really up and about. You know, he does like the, you yeah, know, like, he does yeah. like this shit. He's yeah. Like, oh, yeah. He loves it. He's like, <laughs> he's just like. He's like, a bit of a dork, but a cool dork. Like, yeah. He's like a swag dork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love you, Kenny. Like, he's, he's like, that's like what he's like in the coach box is like what he's like with everything. Like, yeah, right. Like he's, he's like mystic, like most, like right there, like some of the most competitive people I've ever met. Really? Like, like us boys, we shooting hoops. Like sort of like during lunch, like we've had some lunch, just like shooting mucking around. Like he walks downstairs, like, like like everyone like he loves Coke Zero, like absolutely loves Coke as well. Like just yep. like you probably seen drinking in the box for yep. a bit. Um, and he's like, let's let's put a slab of Coke Zero. And who wants who wants to shoot off? Like, <laughs> slab of Coke he's Zero. Like, he just like <laughs> absolutely like. And then like my, my first year, I'm like, yeah, he's like I was got cloud, but I'm like, he can't be good at shooting. Like so, I'm like yeah, like, I'm like thinking like I'm going over with a slab of Coke Zero today, like. And he's got me done. Like, oh, wow. And like, yeah, next few days, like just harping on me, like, where's his slab? So I like, had to get in the slab and like, it's a bit of a walk of shame. Like, got to walk up the stairs at the club like, and all the boys know who it's for. Like, yeah. Got to chuck in his office and then like, yeah. And then he's just, he's in his office, like smiling, that happy with himself. That's like, so good. And then basically after he's like, it's another victim, mate. Like, <laughs> I, I get most people when they come in. Like, I was just so disappointed in myself. Vic's love of Coke Zero. I've never heard of that before. That's fantastic. Yeah, so. He, um, you know, when like from an outside perspective as well, like with that, that draft of you three, um, Rosie, yourself, and Dersma. I feel like maybe the external point of that was like these three guys are going to take us to like you know our, these are our guys. Was that like conversation ever had like with the coaching? Like, did can you ever grab you three and just go, hey boys, like we really want it. We're I know we're putting it on you, but you three are going to be our guys. Or did they let you just sort of go? As kids and, and play for you, yeah. They, they, it seemed like they it seemed like they did the yeah. way that you guys played. Yeah, to be fair, there wasn't too much chat about like you're the future. Like you, like we need you to be good players. Mm. Like I felt like it, all of us three like um, have good like characteristics, and like we 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 wanted to be that be that sort of player anyway. Like yeah. we already had our mindset on yeah, we're going to be like good players. We're going to put in the work, and I think that's the biggest thing. We will come in and just like worked really hard at training and just like trained so hard every session. And I think like at the end of the day they probably didn't need to have that chat with us yeah. but I remember like after my first year like we'd just missed out on finals like we're sort of in the eight going in the last couple of games and just sort of just lost our last few games and tailed off and just missed finals and um, I remember Ken got me Connor and Zave and we went and watched the Geelong um, Richmond final um, in Melbourne and he just wanted to like, he just wanted to have, like wanted to watch a game with us like watch a final like big pretty like high intense game and um big game and he said like just like this is what this is what we need you boys to help us do like we need mm. we need to get to this stage and um like like you three are going to be like the next like phase that help us get here like it's it's yeah. not going to be like robbie or westy or them older guys um at the club anymore like like they'll, they'll do what they do and like we know what we're going to get out of them like they, they're, they're good players like we know what they do for our team but like we need you like you young boys to like really drive that next wave and get us to there I remember just watching like watching the game with him and just like the big moments like he'd nearly call him before that happened like the next five minutes is like decided and stuff so um, that, that's probably like the only really thing like that he spoke about but then ever since then and then yeah we've been lucky enough to play in two prelims since then um, and he was just like sort of wanted to prepare us for their moments and but let us know like that was sort of an expectation as well so it, yeah he's really good like that and he's such a people's person and um, he really knows how to interact with um, people um, and I think he's come a long way from talking to the older boys at the club like when he first got there and I, I've heard he's pretty hard and like pretty tough and like 
but compared to now I think even just with having Hugh in the club and doing so much stuff with the connection space like he's just like a real good people's person now yeah fuck it's pretty big like taking you to the game and, and saying that, that I got goosebumps thinking about that that's pretty <laughs> that's pretty massive um, with the boys as well like I suppose something I was just thinking about then that maybe so subconsciously happened I, I'm assuming it would have but when you pick three guys that are are good and they're close in that pick like I can imagine you're all like best mates but how competitive you would have been to each other and like wanting to like play first or be the best first young player and sometimes like I feel when you don't have that competitiveness if or if there's someone sort of not with you that's attainable to to compete with it doesn't push you to be as good as you are yeah does that make sense like if if young guys don't get picked up with people or they don't feel like they're competing for a spot they're not going to rise to the occasion yeah spot on I think with us like it's, it's such a healthy competitiveness as well. Like you all come in at the same stage and you, you sort of like all want to be great and be like such a, a good influence on the team and um, be good players and stuff. And I think I like, just, like, I remember like even in our first year, like we're always just on each other's backs, like just like, like we, like whoever had more tackles and stuff. It was yeah. always just like the little things, like not who, like the disposals or whatever it was. It was always like just the little things. Mm. So, um, and I think now we've matured as people, like we're just, like we lean on each other as well. Like, we know like we've played threes of footy basically every game together now as well. So we know our, our strength so much and like just going in the games and stuff like we just like, we know like we have to bring energy and bring that spark. And that's, that's our role for the team, like to, to sort of be, be them players and stuff. So it's always like just good to lean on each other. You know, like they're pretty much going through the exact same thing you are mm. like, like feeling exactly how you are as well. So um, yeah, it's been good having them cold boys like in the same position just to go through the, the same journey. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. You can definitely see that the way you guys push each other. It's it's fucking. It's honestly exciting to watch. Like I love watching Port Adelaide, and especially you three just do your thing. Um, and you know that because I, <laughs> I should stop messaging you. Um, now with the twenty eighteen draft we spoke about before, obviously that's been spoken about. Kane Cornsy, you know, was very <laughs> bullish on yourself and Connor Rosie and Dersma. Um, but if you had to pick that now, not including you and your teammates. Who would you say your top five would be of those players? Can you think like yeah. that you – and because you've seen them, I suppose, from yeah. you know playing with them all the way through to what they've been able to do now. Is anyone even – maybe the next question would be who surprised you the most? Yeah, I think Walsh is like – he's incredible. Like yeah, Sam Walsh, Walsh, like even like when we reverse him um, in our state games going up and He's number one? Yep, number okay. one. Okay. By, by fair way. Yeah. In my, in my books anyway. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. He's, he's like next level. Like just yep. – and like, yeah, he's, he's – he's, yeah. Love, I love him. I love watching him play as well. He's yeah, a great player. Um, yeah, second, I reckon like Bailey Smith, like to be fair, is, yeah. my, is my second. Like the way the way he's like played the last couple of years of footy and like his what, finals were fucked as well. Yeah, like mate, it was unbelievable yeah. in the finals. Like, um, and he's like they're, they're both pretty like pretty much got similar strength, like just absolute freak runners, like mm. who work really hard um, and have and have good skills and um, good footy knowledge. So like, yeah, they're they're one and two for me, and then probably after them, it's probably like. The King brothers, like, um, like it's pretty rare you get like them, them like oh, no. insanely crazy. insanely skilled key forwards, um, two in the same draft. Like basically, they're basically clones of each other. Yeah. Um, and I, I was lucky enough to play with them, and like they're they're just like they're like you don't really get them players too often um, in AFL. So yeah, they're like they're three and four for me. Um, five would have to be. Probably, yeah, probably, I'm gonna stick with Connor at five. Yeah. Like he's insanely quick. Like. Probably the quickest human I've never like been around. Like, really, just, like insanely quick. Like though. first five, or is it like the build-up speed? Because I feel like he's got a real 
Yeah. Like his top speed is like yeah. crazy. Like just basically like, and the most agile, like, yeah, like I, I don't really, you, you don't really ever see him get tackled too much. Like yeah. it's just like super agile. Like you got strong hips. Yeah. Like he's just like insanely quick though. Like mm. he gets the ball and like, if there's anyone around him, like you just know, like he's, he's getting out of there. Like, um, and if, you, if you've got any space in him, like just, just kick it like near him. Yeah. Like, and he's just like, so yeah, he's, but then he, like he's strong. Like he's got like, he's got, a pretty good jump like he's just like he's got he's got it all so yeah yeah looking forward to playing is it Rosie or Rosé it's Rosie Rosie yeah. yeah yeah that's what I thought that's <laughs> yeah. no, good fantastic um no it's good it's very exciting put out in a good space I'm excited I need to get a membership next year for yeah we'll port. have to get you on board please do Port Adelaide please do um I thought that this like we've obviously met via lo- online were you saying earlier that we actually have crossed paths before? <laughs> Is this true? I'm actually nervous yeah. of this. <laughs> we actually have. Like, like me and my like mate who were involved at the time. Like, we still talk about it. Like, it comes up like every every. <laughs> this is. Oh, I don't know if this is a piss take or not. <laughs> no, I'm serious. 100 serious. Like every every year, like like oh, he's from, he's from Melbourne. Like every time I catch up with him, like um, we always like this. It's always this conversation always comes up. Like, yeah. Um. <laughs> so we'll under. Un- under 16, um, Vic Metro try it's at Icon Park. Yeah. Um, I reckon it was like, it was, would have been pre, maybe like pre-season for you guys or, um, whatever it was, but yeah, we're sort of doing our warm up, having a few shots for goal and stuff. And oh my God, I remember this. Do you remember this? <laughs> I think I do. So me, me and my mate, well, she's like, probably remember. Redhead. Bright redhead. Redhead. Like, bright yeah. redhead. Like he's like yeah. the most distinct um, yeah. redhead you'll ever see. So we're having shots from the pocket. There's a few of us boys there, like all trying to like nah. It's it's like from just inside the junction from the pocket where like um your leads into your gym yeah, area and yeah. stuff, and and like you come out with, like one of the other boys, and you're like next person <laughs> who slots it like a pair of shoes on me, and we're like like we've all raced to get a footy. Like yeah. who's gonna slot it first? Like and like what my mate Walsh, he already had a ball in his hand. Like he's just threaded, threaded it like first kick, and like you're like you're the winner. Still runs inside, like brings out these like fresh Nikes, like which we're warming up for like steak. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is unreal. Um, like, like, what size are you? Like, run inside. Like, he's just got a fresh pair of Nikes for the game. We're like, mate, that bloke is unreal. Like, what a sick guy. Like, oh, I promise that wasn't planned. But I literally used to have a key to that like Nike closet at, at Carlton, and I hope Shane or someone's not listening. But geez, the amount of boots I'd give out to people was ridiculous. I remember that. That was, un- yeah. you know, I remember thinking. And what was your mate's name? Nick Walsh. Yeah. Nick Walsh. Yeah. He didn't get drafted? No, he didn't. Nah, nah. Fuck me. You know what I mean? Like, I was really hoping he'd be the number one pick. That story, <laughs> that story would have been a lot better. But I'm still yeah. happy that you were there. Yeah. That's so, great. And like, yeah, it was like probably like three or four. And like, just like, we're trying to walk for the game the whole time. We're just buzzing like. But sick. I don't think that they fitted him, did they? Was he too small for him? Or was no, it? they did. Like, oh, they he did. still has them at his house now. Oh, really? Like, <laughs> I, was, I was over there. I was over there like start of the year. And he's like, yeah, they're like the shoes like deal game. Yeah. I'm like. This, this is like insane. So it always comes up in conversation. Like, oh, yeah. well, can we get a photo of that? Yeah. On the shoes. On the, get yeah, the shoes I'll, the I'll, I'll, I'll sort that out for you. Yeah, good. Oh, wow. So ever since then, I thought like, mate, this guy's a sick dude. Like, Oh, I'm not that much. Like, like who that. does that? Like, yeah. It's just like, like 16-year-old kids, like AFL player. Like, just That's like, awesome. We loved it. Yeah. I'm getting a bit embarrassed. But that was, um, <laughs> no, I do remember that. And I think that like, honestly, the one thing that like I miss, I don't really miss anything from footy. But the one thing like I would say to any players and like I hope that you would do this now that you're in that position is you don't understand like how much you can make someone's day like just by those little things. And that's like, I know like I can try and do that now, but you can't do it the same. Yeah. Like footy 
giving a kid a pair of boots that like it's just like and I'd totally forgotten that about that to be honest and it doesn't it's no skin off my back but like you can do that and like it will it's a long lasting memory for someone else yeah exactly like yeah like we'll probably talk about to a 60 (laughs) (laughs) so good like yeah like yeah and like yeah like I like Drumming the way here, like just popped in my mind. I like, start, I started laughing in the car on the way here. I'm like, this is gonna be unreal. Like, oh, that's awesome, man. <laughs> no, I'm happy. I, yeah, just a good bloke, man. Yeah. Like, you know, like he's just a standout yeah. guy. That's fantastic. He's one of the good guys. <laughs> um, to <laughs> finish off on some tidbits, something that you, you, I pumped you up a lot today, but something you need to get better at is eating tomato sauce and all your food. It's actually embarrassing. You're an adult. You're an adult. Okay, you've got to develop those taste buds. Um. You can't just be slapping tomato sauce on everything. That's what Tommy Sheridan does. It's like, we'll go out to a nice cafe. We haven't been there for a while. And he'll order a nice move. Like, he'll order a nice steak. And he'll just smack some tomato sauce on it. It, it reflects badly on the whole friendship group. <laughs> oh, I, I like, my friends all the time, like, like we walk in and, like, get food. And even the boys at the footy club, like, they're just, I feel like they're embarrassed to be with me. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, like, I'm like, and then it makes me embarrassed. And yeah. I'm like, but I have to do it. Like, you just love it? I don't want to do it, but like, I have to, like... Yeah, I just love tomato sauce, but like I'm starting to expand more. Like the diet's sort of reaching new levels now. So, um, but yeah, there's still times I'm like, can I take the mayo off and just add tomato sauce? Oh. And like, and like, oh, I'm, like, like just sick. get instant, like, absolute dirty looks from your mates. And like, you're like, you're like, oh, I don't want to do it, but like, yeah, I just love tomato you love sauce. Tommy's. Yeah. You should get the one on the key ring that you can just like squeeze out. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it. Like in Adelaide, I have like, five or six bottles it's like in my pantry you got a, a, a certain which is your one do you go for a certain one like sometimes I yeah. used to like that like you know you can get the not the rally like the yeah, old school yeah, one gotcha, it, yeah. with the parrot on it yeah I, that one? I like yeah. white crow white like crow brand. like okay. I just um, yeah I think we our mum just like always bought that growing up and like um, like you actually, I can't get that. You can't. I couldn't find it in Adelaide. So every time I come home, I'm sort of like load you up to, yeah, okay. to get back and you like, get the big three liters. <laughs> yeah, and then just fill up yeah. the little tubs. <laughs> so like, so I'm a bit of a tomato. It's a bit, it's a bit sickening at stages, but like, mm. um, yeah, I'm getting better. Like eventually, like, I have barbecue sauce a bit more things now. So I'm slowly getting there, but yeah, it's it's, it's, it's grind. Okay, do you like Subway? You should get the do you like southwestern sauce. I do like Subway. Yeah, southwestern Chipotle. I haven't had it. No, as, like, it's always just like really good tomato sauce. Very, very. Oh, that's disgusting. What's the weirdest thing you eat? Like, do you, I'm not sure. Like, like, probably up until a couple of years ago, like I just, well, I was like, I'm probably like, I'm probably still am to be fair. Like, I don't eat eggs. Really? So like, I'm a bit like that, but I, I have to have them scrambled. I don't like them like poached. The yolk freaks yeah. me out a bit. So I don't eat eggs at all. Like, it's no eggs. So like, like. When I go for breakfast, like, it's always awkward. Like, can I have eggs and bacon with no eggs? So it's just yeah, bacon yeah. on toast. <laughs> like, it's pretty weird now. I think about it. like even even like the older I'm getting, I'm like, it, it's pretty shit. Just copy like, egg. Yeah. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty like it's just boring. It's pissing like. really, isn't it? And like the more I like and like and just having that for like so like all the time, like it's starting to just get a bit dry and boring. So, um, yeah. If anyone's got any ideas, help me eat eggs. Like, yeah. You got to try. I'll tell you the one way. My missus makes an incredible. Um, what's it called? Not a quiche. Maybe it is quiche. And you like put heaps of like veggies and then you put it in a pot and then you pour like egg over it and it's like yeah. a- Omelette? Not, not an omelette. No, nah, it's, it's similar to an omelette, but it's a quiche. So it's a bit like, it's like a pie. Yeah. Um, you can have tomato sauce on it too. Actually, I, I had some last night. It's really good. So maybe try that. Omelettes are good. Omelettes are really good. Yeah. Weird ones like I have tomato sauce and French toast. Well, that's egg. Yeah, I know. I, I, like, I love yeah. French toast though. <laughs> I love French toast though. But like 
like yeah. smothering tomato sauce. Yeah, that's normal. Is that normal? Yeah, I think that's normal. Yeah, that yeah. uh, makes you feel a lot better. Myself. Good. Hey, um, you're a young man. What's next for you? What's your goals on off field? What do you want to do? Yeah, footy wise, I just want to take that next step in my game. Like yep. I feel like I've, I've sort of shown what I'm going do. to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to. No, you are. You, you already have. You haven't done it yet. But you've. Everyone's saying that you're the next. Uh, you see the article, Kane Corns? No, I haven't. No, oh, I don't. Okay. I'm not like a real massive like. I'll forward it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. It might give me a little confidence boost. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just like yeah, t- going to that next level and like becoming one of the, the dominant players um, in the AFL and love that. Um, that. That's that's my next goal and that's what I'm working really hard towards. Like you said, in this off season and um, my running and I'm just taking like gym to a next level and um, yeah, hopefully um, yeah, speaking to the club postseason stuff, just getting some more time in that midfield and I think yep. I can I can help us our team in there and um, bring bring my strengths in there, which is like yeah, just attacking the game and um, clean and being quick and um, just help, helping us around the stoppages and getting the ball moving forward and um, yeah hopefully lacing out big dicko a few times would be yeah, nice so nice. Um, off field um, yeah just want to keep um, I'm doing a bit of work with um, Ronald McDonald House at the moment so um, I'm really enjoying that and like it's good to get down to the house every now and then just like like you said perspective again just like talk to some people and what they're going through and um, like you said I can just help make someone stay and um, go down there and just help out where I can there and um, probably pick up I'm not sure like exactly what I want to do post footy yet like it's something I've been thinking about like got a few ideas but um, nothing like settled so just like try and find um, what I want to do next yeah. um, with my life and um, what other hobbies but yeah probably putting a lot of time into golf as well I need, I need to get better yeah you like, do man it's embarrassing yeah. 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 yeah I need to get better we'll have to have a game we'll, honestly we'll have a game soon because I think you're probably the only bloke I could beat <laughs> at this stage I think you're the only one that's somewhat I'm real competitive than, now. Than I'm, I'm like a real competitive I'll probably go 200 golf balls tonight. yeah you should you definitely should um, do you know as well that I know it's, it's a good thing that you didn't you don't read the um, newspapers because I was starting a rumour about you did you hear this? Did you see this? I, I, I was starting. I was trying to start a rumor on Twitter that you're getting traded to the Blues, <laughs> and it didn't take off because other people knew. Because I was um, again speaking to Kane Corns, so I was trying to fire him up because he was doing trade radio, oh, okay. and I was like tweeting and saying, apparently um, Zach Butters is is requesting a trade to Carlton, and like there was a few Carlton pairs that were like biting at it. So like, you got you got a few. I got a couple. The, like, a couple. Of that's them all bit. you need. That's yeah, what you need. Yeah, a couple of bit, which is good. So can we just confirm that that is true? <laughs> I can't confirm it's not true. Okay, but um, yeah, it's good to see Vossi there. I think he's he's an awesome. Yeah, man yeah. What's for the job? Yeah, what's a give us a quick insight on that? I totally yeah. Yeah, Vossi. Man. Yeah, he's he's like such a good bloke, and I think like, he w- works really well and like um, really good at driving standards and like he like sort of like as he was as a player is like pretty ruthless, pretty ruthless, and like but like he's real big on the connection side of things as well, and he was like really helping lead that at the club. Um, he like took some weekly sessions and like. Um, he's really good just working with young people and like yeah he's just he's like really good. I feel like you can talk to him about most things and um, yeah like I said he's had such a successful footy career and I think like second time around like I think he'd be really really good for the job and I think like kind of lucky to have him like yeah I know a lot of like, us boys like sad to see him go because he's like such a good quality person and like someone you want around your footy club so for sure um, yeah hoping he absolutely kills it there I reckon yeah no you make a great point like do you think that just on that that um with the second time around as a coach, like, would he, did he ever speak about that, like, as his piece of when he was coaching there, like, that, that you know, he'll 
obviously would have developed a lot and learnt from that um, first go at it and he'll be you know much better for the run and being with Port 2 under Ken and all these other people it's yeah. going to be a completely different situation really yeah I think like the five or six years he had at Port Adelaide um, like just being this, like the second guy and yeah. basically the assistant coach like but doing a bulk of the work as well I think like I'm speaking to him like it, it sort of took a bit of pressure off him at the start and then but now he's sort of like he was seeking getting back into that full-time role and like seeing himself that like he'd improved so much yeah um as a coach and as a person as well like he was ready to um be, be a senior coach again so um yeah stoked for him awesome mate thank you so much that's uh great chat i really enjoyed that thanks for having me no i love you um, <laughs> you know that and we're mates now officially we are we are so fucking cool i can't wait to tell everyone <laughs> Sick. I'm going to get over to Adelaide and we'll hang out in Henley. Yeah. Go to the beach. Oh, yeah. Summertime, like Adelaide. It's pretty, it's pretty nice in Henley Square. Go Got to feed. get over there, man. We were saying before, like, you know, with the weather and stuff, it's just not – and I've got to it's, – it's more me here. I've just got to put Adelaide a bit more in front of mind. We have a big – we love Adelaide. We have a lot of beautiful people that listen to the show in Adelaide. I've, I need to commit to being better at being Adelaide. Yeah, like, I've never been to Adelaide before I got drafted, like – so like, I didn't really know what to expect yeah. either. So I was like, but now being there, it's like it's actually a lot nicer than I actually thought it was. Yeah. Like previously, from just being in Melbourne, it's beautiful. It's very like, quiet though, isn't it? There's not much like there's no traffic and stuff. It's awesome. Yeah, it's probably like the best thing. Like, you, like there's no traffic. Like you can buzz around anywhere in like twenty minutes or so. Mm. So um, it's pretty handy. Like compared to probably playing for Melbourne Club, I'm guessing like there'd be a fair bit of traffic getting the train. Oh, there's and traffic. Stuff. Yeah. Do you know that? Again, I don't know if we're still recording, but when I um got delisted from Carlton I before I got picked up to the Giants I was going to move to Adelaide and I was I was probably going to play Sample really yeah for what club for um, Central Districts oh yeah so they're a bit out aren't they yeah they're a bit like they're like half an hour out from like maybe 45 minutes yeah like it wasn't confirmed or anything but that was one of the clubs that was like keen to get me over and I was like fuck I wanted to get out of Melbourne yeah. like really badly and I think like it never it didn't get close enough for me to ever like sign or anything yeah. like that. But I was and one of my good mates, Nick Coleman, who is at Gold Coast now, he was playing at Centrals at that time. And yeah. I was like, fuck. I reckon if I had have not been picked up again, I would have gone to Adelaide. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's I've played two sample games, both against Central Districts. Fun fact. They're pretty rough, aren't they? Yeah, it's pretty tough out there. Yeah, like, that's why they wanted me. Love it. You attract what, what you want. So. Exactly. Exactly. Um Butts, thanks so much for the chat, man. I really appreciate it. Love what you're doing. Can't wait to see you. You really tack next year. I, I honestly have so much belief that you will get to everywhere you want to be. One of my favourite players to watch. It's been an honour. Thank you. Oh, it's been a while coming, but good to get in the show. Love it. If that wasn't enough for you and you want even more, you're in luck. Dylan Friends is now on Patreon. Dylan Best Friends. An exclusive loyalty subscription featuring the debrief podcast of each episode and bonus Q&As from Patreon members like this. Annie Boyd, what's your favourite part of being a part of the Port Adelaide Football Club culture? It's a good question. Yeah, I think, like, just from all the older guys, like, um, they've just embraced, like, all us young boys so well. And, yeah, um, yeah just, like, we're pretty much one big group and... Um, yeah, like you, I'm pretty. I go through the whole list and like pretty much say like, yeah, I can, like they're all good blokes and just like love hanging out with them outside of footy as well. Like so, like they're just good teammates and good footy players. Like off field as well. Like they're just good people to be around. So yeah, it's probably my favourite thing. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you'd like to learn more, you can head to patreon.com forward slash Dylan Friends or you can head to the link in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Dylan Friends podcast. If you like the show, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, leave a review or even share with your friends. The show is produced by myself and Sam Bonza. Damon Jackman from Creative Edge Films is responsible for audio and visual production. 
The show is recorded at the Dylan Friends Studio in Melbourne, Australia. If you'd like to get in touch or suggest a guest or advertise with the Dylan Friends podcast, please email us at inquiries at dylanfriends.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.